fresh dose of tech news and insight. This is the Early Burb Briefing. The RTX 4090 is a handcuffed monster. It is Wednesday, October 12, 2022. This is the Early Burb Briefing. I'm Eagle Falcon. All right, so independent reviews of the RTX 4090 are out. This is a machine. This is a card that performs far better than we expected. Like we expect this to perform really well, but we're seeing, depending on your use case, anywhere from a 50% improvement to a 140% improvement compared to the 3090. Like the leap is massive. What's even more impressive and more, well, we're thankful for it, I should say that much, is the fact that the RTX 4090 is not drawing the power we expected. Oh no, it's actually only drawing roughly about 400 watts at load, at least the Founders Edition is. So the 625 TDP we were seeing must be the higher threshold, we'll say, for what it can draw, and only does so on like partner boards that went ahead and overbuilt the power delivery and whatnot. But why had I called it handcuffed? Well, for starters, this is a PCI Express Gen 4 card in a world that is moving very quickly towards PCI Express Gen 5, but not just that. I mean, this card will handle, this card will perform just as well on PCI Express Gen 4 as it does on PCI Express Gen 5. But the fact that you could go ahead and throw it on PCI Express Gen 5 at an 8X and save lanes for something else is still huge. But it still uses a lower end DisplayPort. It does not use DisplayPort 2.0. So this thing can do high refresh rate 4K gaming and really good 1440p gaming, but because it's still on DisplayPort, I'm trying to remember the exact model. My article doesn't say it. 1.6, I think. You're being limited quite significantly. Granted, 99% of all users don't need the benefit of DisplayPort 2.0, but the fact that it's missing and the card could greatly benefit from it is disappointing, especially for a card in this price point. If I wanted to go ahead and actually spend this colossal amount of money on a GPU, only to find out that, oh, hey, we're not using the latest and greatest bleeding edge technology inside the card, I'd be disappointed too. And I think that is one thing we need to consider in all of this. I am also following breaking news, actually, as... I am recording the podcast roughly 10 minutes ago. Square Enix has announced that Final Fantasy VII, the first soldier, will be ending service as of January 11th, 2023. The game first went up, I want to say, like, not that long ago. I want to say the start of this year. And now the game service is going to end. And since it is a Battle Royale-style game, that means that the game's basically dead. Why did it fail? Well, the easy answer is the fact it's a mobile game. The easier answer is the fact that it's a live service game, a game with virtually no cost that you end up being microtransaction to death, and those microtransactions what keeps the game afloat. For those who actually don't know what this is, I don't think I actually said it in all this, it is the first person, or the, I'm sorry, the third person shooter battle royale mobile game. So that was announced alongside a number of other Final Fantasy VII themed games. I am not surprised it's, it's dying. I am surprised it's dying this soon. 
Square is very quickly pulling the plug on this one. Here's what I will say. The move of constantly making these kind of live service games, we're getting sick of it. We really are. I know some people want to say that single player is dead, long live the live service game and whatnot. We're starting to see more and more fail more than succeed. And I think this is a huge benefit for gaming kind out there because a lot of us just want a game where we can just buy once and not have to worry about it again. And then later on, if we get sick of it, we can just pop it back in the end. We don't need to go ahead and create a nickel and diming hellscape, but Square has been very dependent on that. Or rather, I shouldn't say dependent, um, very eager to do that lately. And it needs to stop, especially a company like Square, which excels greatly at single-player narrative-driven experiences. Even its best live service game, Final Fantasy XIV, the MMO, is a fantastic storytelling device. It has a great story. Fantastic, even. You could easily have made FF14 a base game with expansions. That's it. No MMO component, no live service components. It would have held up on its own decently. But here we are watching another attempt of Square's go down the drain. In other news, I'm actually surprised this one didn't really... Not a whole lot of people are talking about this. Twitch has launched Showcase. It is an online tool that allows you to make a whole lot of very interesting little little short animations that can really help your ability to promote your stream. Now, I already have some elements of, of this sort of thing. Like I have a scheduler that goes ahead and has like a little animated loop action and is really noticeable, but this thing here is built into Twitch and it actually could be very helpful to streamers that are just starting. I'm actually gonna be trying it out on my own channel for like about a week, see how people like it. I mean, I for one actually find the whole thing very, very fascinating. But in the end, what we can do is wait and see how it goes. But here's one thing that actually really bothers me about this whole thing. Why on earth was this not announced at TwitchCon? The TwitchCon announcement was very, very underwhelming to say the least. And the fact that they were sitting on this and showed none of it is very concerning. I mean, granted, this wouldn't have really done a whole lot to make us go, oh, wow, that's really neat. We were showing signs of life. What sign of life did the Twitch opening show us? The fact that they can suck up to Overwatch 2 at the same time that Overwatch 2 still has a lot of, uh, well, very, very concerning things going on about it. That's going to do it for me. Stay safe and stay healthy.